Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where we've got, I guess, one last episode to really discuss 2022, and it's kind of a new one for us. It's a series of vignettes, little one-liners, two-liners about each player that contributed to this season, even if it was only for a couple snaps. Uh, every Everybody who was a part of this team, some pl- t- players who actually played zero snaps, but were like storylines of the team, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're just like going to like put this nice little bow on the season and talk about all these guys who made up the 2022 Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I think it was easy after uh, the game at Cincinnati uh, that everyone was kind of down on down on the team, a little upset, you know, rightfully so, uh, a little frustrated. And uh, we thought this might be a good idea to kind of just uh, celebrate the players on this team. Um, we kind of talked about it in that episode of just, you know, regardless of the outcome, we were really proud of this team. Uh, we felt that, you know, they could have put a lot more out there uh, if you know things had gone a little bit differently with you know some injuries and and, and just some plays here or there, um, it felt like a really special team. And just sad that it it would uh, you know be the last time that we see this group of guys again. But um, yeah, so hopefully uh, hopefully you guys like it. Um, we'll see how it goes. And uh, yeah, and I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, I think just one more thing to to just put on is uh, you know we obviously had to do a lot of venting the past couple recap episodes because the season was unraveling. And uh, even though the Ravens put up an excellent fight in Cincinnati, just didn't have enough. But um, really think this is a really good idea by Alec uh, for all the reasons you guys just said. You know, at the end of any season that doesn't end in a Super Bowl win, which honestly for any team isn't many, uh, you know, you're always going to look left with the negatives because your last time out there was uh, a reminder that you didn't make it. But... Um, you know, it's the team, just like every year, they came out and they gave it their best. They gave us a lot of great uh, Sundays this year, uh, just giving us an escape from uh, reality and just, you know, just this kind of, uh, we want to try and make this show as positive as possible, point out something uh, positive that every player contributed to the team, whether big or small. And uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Like Chris said, this is definitely uh, experimental and I guess we'll jump right into it. Alec, you want to lead us off? Sure, why not? I'm going to cue the uplifting music. Here we go. Let's start off at the top with Lamar Jackson. You carried the team on offense, and you had a winning record in the games you started for the fifth time in your career. Next up, we've got Snoop, Tyler Huntley. Uh, You rolled with the punches and kept the Ravens' ultimate hopes afloat in wake of Lamar's injury. Next up, Anthony Brown. Your first NFL game action came on the road in the fourth quarter of a tight game against the Steelers, and you executed the game plan in front of you to perfection, leading us to a win. Now to the running backs, J.K. Dobbins. You were the spark we needed down the stretch without Lamar. It's a shame you lost one and a half years of the knee, but it's clear El Toro is back and ready to tear up the league in 2023. All right, next up, Gus the Bus Edwards. Uh, coming off injury, you were in- again incredibly efficient running with the football, finishing with a fourth straight season of averaging at least five yards per carry, uh, keeping pace with Nick Chubb as the only backs in NFL history to start their careers in this manner. Justice Hill, you came back from a significant injury to flash big-time speed, vision, and playmaking ability. Honestly, I mean, you look great this year. Drake, you kept the running game afloat better than any vet running back that's come to the door in the past two seasons when called upon, and particularly great performances against the Giants and the Saints. Big Mike Davis, uh, you're a steady veteran presence uh, through training camp and the very beginning of the season uh, and helped set the tone for the makeshift running back room until the Dobbins and Edwards came back. Tyler Beatty, the preseason was fun, and we wish you best of luck in Denver. 
Project Pat, Pancake Pat. Year in and year out, your run blocking has been critical to the team's rushing attack, and this year was no exception. We might have always ran behind you, or most of the time ran behind you, and it still always worked. And that has a lot to do with you. All right, next up, wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Uh, you flashed big playability and converted the most exciting, or probably the most exciting offensive play of the season. Uh, and hopefully you are able to come back strong next season because your ceiling looks high. Devin Duvernay, you had a great start to the season. Showing off your receiving chops with highlight catches and three touchdowns was a great first couple of weeks. I don't know, man. Maybe that Duvernay play was the most exciting where uh, Mark Andrews tipped it and uh, Duvernay came <laughs> underneath of it. That was wild because like Lamar that was, was like, a good scrambling. One. Yeah. But the next guy is Demarcus Robinson. You stepped up when injuries hit the re- receiving core with a career high receptions and the longest postseason touchdown of your career. And also, James Prochet. A hardworking and great teammate, we hope has better luck on the field in 2023 after seems what seems to be a cursed few years. I, uh, I'm still pulling for you, James. Tylen Wallace, uh, your development continued this year despite injuries stealing some time. Uh, we hope you have a big year three. Uh, certainly, you have potential. We're still excited to see. And yeah, here's to year three. Sammy Watkins, you gave a tiny spark when the Ravens were out of wide receivers near the end of the year. Uh, it was good to have you back. Sean Jackson, you kept games alive in Jacksonville when the Ravens needed a big play. Andy Isabella, uh, you had a few plays in there towards the end of the stretch where you took over Duvernay's role uh, a bit and kept aspects of that part of the offense uh, in play. Mark Andrews, you followed up your breakthrough year to continue to be one of the most uncoverable players in the league and gave this offense your all when they needed you the most. Isaiah likely flashed huge upside most evident in breaking the Ravens' rookie single-game record for receptions and yards in the final game of the regular season. Next up, Charlie Collar. Uh, you showed promise in the final week of the season, flashing solid receiving skills, speed, and hands, uh, looking like he could be a solid tight end three in this offense. Nick Boyle, the season was, what, wasn't what you wanted it to be, but you worked back from your injury to make it on the field, provide some valuable snaps on special teams, and a few on offense as well. Josh Oliver, one of the most improved players on the team this year. You proved to be an all-around tight end. Ronnie Stanley, uh, your return was a spectacular one, uh, particularly considering back in March we were having uh, some nervous discussions on whether or not you'd even be able to play football going forward, uh, but you provided the Ravens a dependable left tackle and difference maker, uh, borderline Pro Bowl season, hard-fought, well-deserved. Morgan Moses, you were a key part of a greatly improved offensive line with some memorable pulls and, and just some great blocks. Uh, glad to have you on this team. Tyler Linderbaum, you held your own more often than not against larger NFL defensive linemen, particularly in run blocking, and made it clear you'll be a strong player at the pro level. Kevin Zeitler, you continued to be the model professional, uh, which was just a key on-field mentor for Linderbaum during his great rookie year and had some uh, absolutely crushing blocks uh, in the red zone this year. Ben Powers, you had a career year and priced yourself off the Ravens, unfortunately. Best of luck in your future endeavors on your new team. You deserve whatever uh, you know, money and, and fame and glory. Everything that's coming to you, man. Great job. For sure, Ben. I hope you are able to get some attention next year, wherever you may be. Pat McCary, your number was called upon consistently throughout the year to fill in at a moment's notice when a fellow offensive lineman went down in a game and you performed up to expectations in those moments. Uh, Juwan James, uh, you put in the work to fill the void for Stanley at left tackle until his return. Uh, Unfortunately, injuries robbed you of showing this for longer than he got the chance to, but uh, your effort with what was within your control should be commended. Daniel Falele, 
You stepped in a left tackle for your first extended NFL action in a critical early season game in New England and did your job well. Ben Cleveland, after a rocky start to 2022, you found the field in a few scenarios and showed glimpses of what might land you a starting left guard job next season. Uh, Tristan Colon, uh, just like Ben Cleveland, you showed some talent in your limited game action, clearly developing while you've been providing depth for the team. Uh, Justin Matabuke, you make so many impact plays, even if they don't show up in the stat sheet. Each year you've improved, and hopefully there's even more to come. Calais Campbell, yes, sir. What a year. Let us know where the founder youth is. Hope you keep playing. You have a lot left to give, both on the field and the locker room. Broderick Washington, uh, you had a breakout year as a force on the defensive line, frequently clogging up the interior in run defense. Travis Jones, you commanded double teams more than once and found your way into the backfield several times for impact plays. Brent Urban, your enthusiasm on the sidelines and on the field was infectious. Hope to see you back with the team next year. Michael Pierce, unfortunately another season cut short by injury yet again, but we're excited for what we got to see with you against the Jets and what you can add to the group in 2023. Outside linebackers, Jason Pierre-Paul, you helped set the tone in the early season for the pass rush when there were still many questions on if this unit could perform at all while waiting for Bowser to come back from injury. Delshawn Phillips, sorry for consistently ragging on you and taking a spot away from David Ojabo. He had some great special team plays. Odafe Owe, uh, you flashed your biggest potential when it mattered most uh, in the wild card game against Cincinnati, had some really critical plays. Uh, we're excited to see your game evolve as your career goes on. David Ojabo, you came to play when your number was called upon and showed flashes of the disruptor you can be in the future. Can't wait for next season. Justin Houston, you recorded the most sacks that you ever had a season since 2019 and finished tie for 20th in the league overall. What a great year. Tyus Bowser, uh, while not reflected in the stat sheet, your play coming off of an Achilles injury added critical additional life to the pass rush and run defense down the stretch. I can't wait to see you back at full force next year. Haven't heard his name in a while, but Vince Beagle, we were hoping you'd be able to provide some Sam linebacker stability while we waited for Bowser to get healthy, but you suffered a torn Achilles like him during camp. Hope you have a full recovery. Steven Means, similar to you, you covered 33% of snaps in week one before getting injured on your first snap in week two with another tragic Achilles injury for the outside linebacking group. We hope you have a full recovery as well. Uh, Roquan Smith, uh, you came in from a trade and immediately boosted the productivity and culture of this already strong defense. Uh, You were the missing piece taking this unit from good to greatness. Patrick Queen, you had career highs in tackles, sacks, and interceptions while pairing immediately with Roquan. I'm sorry I gave up on you. Welsh, with special teams frequently a bunch of younger players, you were a captain that led them to another great year of consistency. Malik Harrison, uh, you took on a new Sam role in the beginning of the season and played well in limited snaps. Josh Bynes, your veteran presence in the early part of the year helped Queen continue to grow. We'll see what happens, but it's been a great ride. Alex still owes you a couple beers. <laughs> that I do. Josh Ross, you flashed on special teams early, and you worked your way back from injury. Can't wait to see you ball out next year. Marlon Humphrey, you put aside any questions that you had lost a step by putting together one of the best seasons a cornerback had in 2022. Hope you have better Twitter uh, food reviews this offseason. <laughs> He's not. (laughs) (laughs) He's already off the horrible start. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus Peters, an underrated year for you since your track record has set the bar so high, but you were a key factor in the erasure of big plays. That was the secondary's biggest accomplishment this season. Brand Stevens, you stepped up time and time again when minor injuries to players in secondary came about. 
I think you have a lot more uh, potential in there, and we're excited to see you keep growing. Chris Worley, you played big in the last game of the season and helped get in the Bengals' head going into the playoff game. Pepe Williams, you quickly became a fan favorite during the preseason, and we continue to root for your development. Kayvon Seymour, you provide some highlight special teams play, kind of like Welsh, continue an excellence of special teams in Baltimore. Jalen Armour Davis, uh, we didn't get to see much of you in the regular season, uh, but you showed uh, some small flashes, and we're excited to see what next season brings. Kyle Fuller, injury cut your season too short. Hope you're having a speedy recovery. Uh, Game before the injury, man, you look great. Uh, Hope you can come back next year completely healthy. Marcus Williams, you are everything fans were expecting you to be as a marquee free agent signing, fulfilling the center fielder role, sorely missed by this defense, and getting a whole bunch of picks early in the season that were was very exciting. Glad you were able to come back from that injury and keep producing for the team. All right, I get my guy. Chuck Clark, uh, you put any frustrations you may have had over the Ravens drafting Hamilton aside to once again play every snap for this defense, be a team leader, and turn in another strong season. Uh, best of luck to you to wherever your career takes you, whether it's still in Baltimore, which seems doubtful, or on some other team just doing your thing. Gino Stone, you stepped up big and held down the fort incredibly during Williams' extended injury absence. Just a great role player. Kyle Hamilton, you overcame hiccups in the first half of your rookie season to become an absolute force down the stretch. You played at an amazing level at a position you weren't even drafted to play, and you're going to be a huge weapon going forward for this team. Ardarius Washington, when there were injuries or a team we expected to play particularly light personnels, you answered the call and provided versatile play. Moving over to special teams, Justin Tucker, you continued to maintain your title as the most accurate kicker in NFL history while converting nine 50-plus yard field goals, the second most of your career. Jordan Snout, you came up big in divisional field position games, most notably the home game against Cleveland and the road game at Pittsburgh. Nick Moore, uh, you delivered your snaps on time and on location to help our kickers do their best work. I can't remember any one of your plays this year, and that means you did your job to perfection. (laughs) It's the best compliment a long snapper can get. really is. (laughs) All right, over to the coaching staff. Uh, I got John Harbaugh. You continue to lead the locker room through another potentially disastrous situation with the Lamar injury leading to the playoffs. Greg Roman, you opened the vault and continue to draw up masterful rushing plays that kept the offense one of the most feared rushing units in the league. Mike McDonald, uh, your schemes elevated our defensive line and linebackers and continue to get better as the season progressed. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing what year two in this scheme for the Ravens defense is going to look like. All right. And uh, so that was the team. And, you know, I think that was really good. Like we said up front, just looking at something positive that we can look at from this season. And uh, now that we've looked at kind of what everyone contributed, I think to end this, we want to look at uh, how we think this team will be remembered uh, in the grand scheme of Ravens history. Was this season a success? Was it not? Um, what are the parts do you think we'll look back on fondly, uh, maybe in, in History Corner episodes in the future? What are the parts that we'll look back with with some frustration? In some ways, I, I, I think this season kind of feels like a transitional season and we'll have a better understanding of how we feel about it maybe next year or two or three years from now i guess you know the lamar injury obviously uh finally moving on from greg roman and um you know a lot of young players who we either didn't get to see enough of enough from or uh just had to play out of position or something like that yeah i don't know it it seems kind of like 
initially like kind of like a middling Ravens year, not particularly unmemorable, but not, maybe not particularly memorable either. But, you know, there were a lot of good moments though, if we, you know, delve deeper into it. But I guess that's just my the initial gut feeling I get when posed that question. I think so too. Yeah. I th- you know, I, I think the first thing that probably comes to mind is, you know, it, you know, the last, it, it's, I mean, it's not the, you know, last year, the Ravens still have an option, but it's, you know, one of the last kind of significant years on Lamar's rookie deal uh, before things start to get a little hairy, you know, in some ways kind of feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity of, you know, so many teams being able to build these great rosters on, um, you know, their, their rookie quarterback contract. And, um, you know, from that perspective, yeah, it's a, you know, a little frustrating. Um, I do think there are some elements of this team though, that we can kind of look back on fondly. I do feel like, uh, the defense this year, I think there are a lot of, uh, memorable players, a lot of big plays, you know, is it in the top five of, you know, best defenses all time in Lincoln Ravens history? No, but I do think that they played extremely well for what they had. Um, and I think it, you know, it could have been a lot more dominant, I think. But I think overall, I think, you know, it was a, a, a really big improvement for where it was the previous couple of years. And, um, you know, I am excited for, you know, what year two brings. I think a lot of the players on this defense are, are going to be here. There are a lot of young ascending players. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I think that could be a, a good transition. Uh, but, yeah, for the overall team, certainly, yeah, lots of questions, I think, to be answered. So, um I feel like we won't have a complete picture of this team until a lot of those kind of uh, questions are answered and we have a better idea of like what the transition is. It's a good point, Chris, that you think next year is going to be a part of the story almost of this year. And it kind of goes into my point of this year was a big remembrance of last year. You know, last year we had all those injuries and it was a reminder that these players are human and they're not just robots that come back according to the schedule. And there were some lingering side effects from that previous year that slowed down the team earlier in the season. It took a while to get everybody back. And in some cases, we never did it. Like, we never had Lamar, JK, and Gus, like, and Stanley all playing together. I think that's like the magic four. And that's all from these injuries that just kept trickling. And I think that's one of the things we'll remember about the year. We'll certainly remember it was the last year of. Lamar's contract before we had to sign him long-term or tag him. And the window was lost. You know, we did not win a Super Bowl under his rookie contract. So that, that, that window is gone. I still think the Ravens are in a good position to continue competing. So I'm looking forward to the next season as well. But I think that's kind of what this season will be remembered as is like these players are not just robots. They can't just come back. And, you know, Peter said that early on in the year. You know, they might take a while to come online, and that was certainly the case. So, yeah, I, I, but I, I think we'll also remember how well this team fought together, how close they kept games. They literally, like, never got blown out. It was kind of incredible. And, uh, yeah, I I think that's how I'll remember them. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating kind of going back to it because, like, I mean, all the inju- you know, not all of them hit in 2020, but the injuries really started mid-2020 was you know stanley and boyle and never really came back in 2021 but then we had more significant injuries and yeah it's like this was the first season that we started getting like some play from those guys and it's like you said like still was not 100 percent. so 
it, it almost like in some aspects kind of feels like a lost, not just a lost season in 2022, but lost seasons, 2022 and 20, you know, 2021, both of them together. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's definitely a disappointment. It's something where you think, you know, what could have been a lot, um, especially as a fan. But I mean, then again, like from the outcome, I think from the outcomes of the teams though, like I would probably put this, I would put this above a lot of like the middling years of like the Flacco years, especially the later ones, like, you know, 2016, 2017, you know, those are good teams in some sense too, that were pretty close, almost made the playoffs, except for, you know, a couple of, you know, big plays at the end of the season or something. But, uh, you know, at least with those teams, like it was kind of hard to see if things were actually building towards something. Whereas like, I feel like we were mostly in the right direction, but there were a few really key injuries that kind of derailed things. And the hope is obviously like either the players could either, you know, we get back, everybody's completely healthy and things are good or that, you know, okay, we still got some more pieces, but now we're kind of delayed a year or two because now we have to go and back like, okay, draft some more players, you know, at, at the same positions or other ones to be able to kind of offset those. I really like that point you just brought up there, Chris, with uh, comparing uh, or contrasting this team with um, some of those those uh, years. I think you're looking particularly at 2013, 2016, and 2017, um, maybe a couple more. But yeah, I mean, what was a big thing about those teams that was similar to this year was that those teams suffered key injuries. Um, in the case of 2016, you know, you had players coming back from injury uh, like this year and, and those teams weren't able to, to make the playoffs and, and make some noise in the playoffs, which is what the Ravens were able to do this year. You know, say what we will about uh, the struggles the offense had down the stretch, the, the philosophy at least worked well enough to keep the ship afloat and then go into Cincinnati and, and put up a, a pretty strong performance that had a shot at winning that game I do think that is one of the biggest takeaways of this year is that obviously the Ravens didn't reach their ultimate goal of the Super Bowl, but you looked at what happened in 2021 and there were a lot of things we wanted to see the Ravens fix. We wanted to see them find a way to make the rushing game work without, if you you didn't have JK and and, uh, Dobbins, JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards in there, uh, they were able to do that with, with Kenyon Drake and, and Justice Hill to a little bit. They were able to limit big plays last year. Big plays was, was such a killer you know, giving up those big plays. Part of that had to do with injury, but still you look at the signing of Marcus Williams, the ascendancy of Geno Stone, uh, that really helped fix that that thing that was that was such a a killer for the team last season. Again, you know, we can we can point to the fact that they did have breaks in, in the defense at the end of games that had some close losses, but also at the same time, like Alex said, like unless you want to count the the last game against Cincinnati as a, as a blowout. Cause that one wasn't maybe not as close as a score looked at, or maybe you could say it was close to score. I don't know, but yeah, th- th- this team didn't suffer a, a blowout this year. So I-, I think all that considered, like we have to give this team credit for the fact that they got the job done in under unideal circumstances with the injuries. And while it's frustrating, still no playoff win. Yeah, I look at that with uh, some positivity. And I think s- several years from now, we'll, we'll look back on this season more fondly in that regard. 
particularly if things go well in the next couple of years. But um, yeah, I, I think that is definitely a, a big takeaway from this year was the Ravens were able to identify some holes that sunk the ship in 2021, fix them, and get a little bit further than that year. I think that argument, I think, mostly works except for <laughs> except for the wide receiver room. <laughs> well, that's true. I I, I, yeah. I will admit I didn't I did not intend to to say that they fixed all their holes. But yeah, yeah no, 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 yeah. I, I, don't I am think with you there. You yes, I don't think I don't think yeah, I don't think you included that one in them. But I, I I agree with you for the most part. But yeah, I think you know back to like what are we going to remember from this season? I mean, I. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that is a big thing, um, and you know, and and kind of talking about the upcoming season a little bit. It'll probably spawn more conversations probably in the next couple of weeks, couple of months. But Braves have definitely realized that they need to turn over a little bit from you know their strategy at, at wide receiver. Um, just didn't work this year. Uh, they you know put too many uh, too many eggs in the Rashad Bateman uh, basket, if you will. And, uh, you know, obviously his injury really kind of derailed things. So, and, uh, you know, moving on from Roman, I think was also kind of an extension of like, Hey, we gotta, you know, if if we're going to make this, we're going to make this situation work out with Lamar as we all want it to, then, um, we got to build an offense around him and we got to figure out how to make it. Um, so you make, make it successful. Right. So I think that is probably one of the biggest things they'll probably look back on this season is like that was hopefully a turning point of you know remaking the Ravens offense adding a little bit more into the passing attack and making it a little bit more effective and then hopefully you know leading to some more playoff wins we're definitely mid-transition right now uh, with Lamar either entering a new contract where he's getting paid like the quarterback he is or he's gone from the team and then we have two new coordinators within the last two years on both sides of the ball uh, so it clearly is just a, a, a new beginning that's starting up now. And uh, this kind of closes that, that chapter of this, this particular Ravens build. I think the last thing we wanted to talk about was the Super Bowl. I don't know if we're going to do another show. I guess actually we are. We're going to do the 30 for 30 show uh, next week. Talk about that. So there will be a show before the Super Bowl. So I guess we can wait if we want. Uh, in that case, I think we do. Because, I mean, the, the big, the big uh, question is, you know, Mahomes health so I think we want to get more details on that before committing to a pick are we all happy that the Bengals lost don't tell Justin but yes <laughs> so happy <laughs> I was I, I texted Rachel because she was working and I said uh I know that football's not your thing but I am elated right now <laughs> I was like I can watch the Super Bowl stress-free like I don't care who wins I I would I'm rooting for the Eagles but I don't really care like it's going to be just a fun game. It's it's the two one seeds. It's the two teams that honestly like we're probably a step above the rest of the league. So it's going to be a good game. I still don't understand everyone's hate for the Bengals. Like I don't know. I just can't hate them. I I have no problem with them. They haven't won anything. If they think they've won anything, then just like who cares? Like they. I think that's why. <laughs> that's why I hate them. They're so full of themselves for all these like falling upwards. You know that they do. But then like, you just look stupid. <laughs> so like. I don't know. Yeah. I go, I personally go like, enjoy Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't really care who who made it to the Super Bowl, who won it. Um, look, I'm a sucker for teams that have never won it. So if the Bengals had won it, I would have been happy for them and their fan base. Uh, cancel me. I don't care. But yeah, I I mean, <laughs> I certainly am like not 
crying into my tears like oh man Cincinnati they still haven't won a Super Bowl I would have been like you know been like oh cool they got that but yeah yeah, I don't no hate here from me but I understand if that's what the fan base is I got you doing it with the Bengals (laughs) (laughs) although I will say though Burrow does need to like you gotta admire his confidence but man I think he, it might be catching up to him a bit. He might need to check it a bit. Yeah. And they're also just huge crybabies. Like, they were just... They found something to complain about every week leading into the playoffs. It was always woe is them. And, like, I don't know. I'm just glad that after they they called it Burrowhead, I was like, that's a little that's a little too soon. And I was, I was, so, I was so pleased when uh, Kelsey made that comment. <laughs> yeah, that was not smart by them, but... Yeah. Oh, they were on everyone's cork board. I mean, they gave so much material. Like, imagine if Billick was the coach. I'm sure he would say the same things he said about the Titans, you know, back in 2000. Like, well, that's another that reason why I, why I, I can't get mad at their cockiness. Like, it was stupid, but it's just like, man, that's the... We're going back to what's coming up on, on ESPN coming up. That's literally the 2000 Ravens playbook. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like... <laughs> That's what they did. They had that swagger. The Bengals had it too, but the Bengals just haven't backed it up yet. For sure. Well, that's going to be the next episode. We'll save you from our far too early uh, Super Bowl predictions. We'll talk about next episode after we talk about the Ravens 30 for 30. That'll be on ESPN at 8.30 on Sunday, February 5th. So make sure you can watch it. And then uh, I guess we'll talk about it the next day. And we'll, we'll get back to you with that. And then we'll have our Super Bowl predictions which we know you all care about. Uh, So make sure to tune in for that. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Okay, never mind. I'm reading this with Ben Mason. What the hell are we supposed to say for Ben Mason? (laughs) (laughs) Did he play on special teams at all this year? I don't think so. Let me see. I I think he's literally just like a goon that exists in Ravens lore. Does he exist? I thought he was practice squad only. Yeah, he hasn't. He's never had a snap. Is he a real player? Are him and Iman Marshall just imaginary people? <laughs> he's. <laughs> yeah. He is real. I mean, we've seen him on team flights, yeah. and he also has a mohawk, and and it seems like Marlon ha- hangs out with him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we can cut him. He had no snaps. Yeah, Ben Mason. No cut. Also coming uh, this Sunday afternoon at, at two p.m. The. Uh, James Prochet fan club is holding a, um, a thrift shop to get rid of everything that's in the closet. <laughs> attendance has been down. <laughs> you can save that one for the, uh, <laughs> for the takeout reel. Yeah. Off the, the rails. <laughs> oh man. Just keeping it positive, keeping it positive. But I had to say it. <laughs> Did he, did he def- deflect a pass? Did he <laughs> make a tackle? I think he was that bad. No, I, uh... Did he make a tackle? No. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Showed off great speed. Recovery speed. <laughs> you showed off recovery. Oh, man. What a backhanded compliment. Um, I don't think he lost his helmet. That's better than uh, Minshew in the first game action we saw of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> he had four right, tackles this year. Four, four, tackles, four okay. huge tackles. Jalen Armour Davis. Jalen Armour Davis. You didn't, couldn't even have had one pass. To, well, you had a pass deflection against Miami. <laughs> you had a pass deflection against Miami.